And welcome back to another episode of the MFM podcast because we believe that you are made for more than what the world says. You're made for who Christ has called you to become. Now this week I got a special guest and he's special because it's my dad. A lot of my wisdom has come from the parenting styles my dad and mom used. It's great and I'm grateful for them so I'm overjoyed to have my dad on the podcast. Say hello. Hello, this is Brian Tackett from Amarillo, <laughs> Texas. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited that you're here because a lot of the stuff that I use today in teaching and in my style of just, I don't know what you'd call it. And it's not parenting, but it's coaching if it's at ACA or teaching or discipling through K-Life You Taught Me. And it's worked for me. And so I use it. It's a little different. But it's good, and it's worked for me, and it's going to hopefully works for the other students in this next generation that I'm leading. So thank you. Well, son, I'm honored uh, to be here. Obviously, I'm ex- very excited. My first actual podcast, actually. Ooh. Something that I've always kind of thought I'd like to do. So thank you for allowing me to be with you today. I'm, I'm honored, and I'm grateful that you're passing something on to another generation. Come it's, on. It's a blessing. Well, thank you. So we're going to jump right in because if you haven't noticed, I'm also a Tackett and that's my dad and he's a Tackett and Tackett's tend to be long-winded. We have a lot to say and not much time to say it. So we're going we're gonna to jump right in. And like I just previously mentioned, you parented me in a way that is kind of abnormal, but I would say it's very biblical with a lot of foundation of love. And it's not what's used nowadays too much because the world's str- like straight away so far from biblical parenting and there are a lot of great parents that I know and I'm grateful for those parents that still do it right but there's some that don't and that's great that's fine but we need to get back on path and so something that you always talked to me about and you taught me every day before I left the house heading to school you would you'd ask me a question and I had to respond in a certain way. And I never understood that question. I never really understood the response. I just said it because you told me to say that back. But I didn't get it until I was about 19 years old. And whenever I was 19 and finally understood what that meant, it changed my life. So I'm hoping that me and you could have a conversation about this question you always ask me, that when I was 19, it really set in and then changed my life in the way that I walked things out because it's potent, just powerful knowledge. And here's what it was. He would ask me, your attitude what, son? And then I would respond with? Reflects my altitude. So my attitude reflects my altitude. With I can't control what's happening around me, but I get to control how I react towards it because how I react towards it is going to change what's going on around me. Now, where did you hear that from? And what made you think, man, my son needs to hear this every day because it's going to change his life? Wow. I never thought about that question you know I, I know I can tell you where I didn't get it maybe and that might help me gather, gather my thoughts come on I did not get it from my parents or my family as a matter of fact I grew up kind of the opposite way in that um, I was told that you know, that I it was the opposite of having a good attitude so I'll just leave it at that I don't want to digress too far down that path and so I I remember I have a memory of uh, being in Bible school working full-time before I ever met Jenna who is my beautiful wife 
I was working at a I was working nights at a store and I was listening to Christian radio because it was it was a convenience store so I was I was by myself I worked worked the midnight shift and Chuck Swindoll and he's an he's an old school guy so some of the younger people won't know him but I encourage you to go check him out Chuck Swindoll was a pastor preacher there in Southern California and he had a radio program and one of his things that he would say about that was attitude. Attitude, he said, was uh, it was about 10% of what happened to you, but 90% of how you reacted to what happened to you. And so I think that's probably where it came from, although asking me that question directly, I don't can't recall that that's specific. But um, being involved in sports and coaching, one of the things I'd always tell my kids I would say I always believed in the 80-20 rule, although Chuck was 90-10, but there's an 80-20 rule that I believe in. It's in business, in my career, and everything, but it's attitude is the one thing you can control. Circumstances can't control your attitude. Mm -hmm. It can affect it, but it can't control it. Circumstances, social dynamics, culture, none of that can control your attitude. And so I learned that throughout those early 20s, Unfortunately, I don't think I applied it to my life too well back in those days. And so that's why I wanted it to be kind of, if you will, without sounding bad, beat <laughs> into you. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, in a in a in an emotional way, right from the gate. So you would have that in the early part of your life that I did not have. And so that was my motivation yeah. in that was that that you would have it as a young as a young boy. Mm. And so I think it developed from Chuck, and then I just took it from there and just tried to apply it in my life. And and I think the motivation behind it was just that. I wanted you from the get-go to have that. Yeah, so whenever I hear that, like the 90-10 the rule, it it, might, it makes me think of this. Like people, man, I've had such a bad day. Like, oh, hey, how you doing? Horrible day. Okay, mm. has it really been a horrible day? Like from start, from the moment you woke up to then, if we're like, it's it's one in the afternoon. You maybe woke up at seven o'clock. You've really had that bad of a day all day long. Or was it just a bad five minutes that you let bleed in to the rest of your day, which shifted your attitude to have zero altitude where now you just given up. You're like, man, screw it. It's been a bad day because five minutes they messed my coffee order up at Starbucks. Been a bad day. Or man, I got pulled over and got a speeding ticket. It's been a bad day. So the bad, the whole day is just horrible. Okay, well, so how would you speak into something like that? Like, how do you shift your attitude whenever, man, it's been a bad day? No, it's not. It has not been a bad day. It's been a bad five minutes that you've taken that five minutes and made it a bad five hours, and you're already determined to make those five hours last ten hours until it's thirteen hours, and you're going back to bed, and the whole day's been trashed. Because is that? Is, is that Christ-like? Is that biblical? When you look at the attitude side of things, because God never speaks about being happy. God doesn't call us to happiness. God calls us to holiness. But what God does give us through the power of the Holy Spirit, which is a fruit of the Spirit, is joy. And joy is not determined upon your circumstance. It is determined on the eternal life that's found in Christ Jesus. So we're called to be holy. And whenever we, whenever we focus and pursue holiness, we will find joy might not be happiness, but how can you have joy in the midst of, quote unquote, a bad day? Ah, uh, my altitude is low because my attitude is garbage. How would you speak into that? And how do you shift that dynamic once it's already been a, quote unquote, rough five minutes and not let it affect five hours? Well, do you want to have a bad day? 
nobody I, I no nobody wants to have a bad day but bad things have happened to me right but you don't want to have a bad day so then you have a choice to make at that moment when starbucks messes up your order or you slip in now you're late for work your boss already warned you don't be late again on the way to work you're having a bad day and then the guy cuts you off and then you run the red light and get a ticket and then you really got it now you got a really bad day going on now mm-hmm. but you got a choice to make right then and there man that's what's hard because another thing you always told me growing up is you get to live with two pains in your life son you'd say that and the two pains were discipline or regret Regret lasts a lifetime. Discipline's momentary. Because when we look at something like that, man, the discipline is the pride. That's that. That's where the discipline kicks in. Is you have to discipline yourself to kill your pride and get over it. Well, I think, too, the other question to that also, Jonathan, is um, what, it's, what is this life all about? Because it's not about me. <laughs> that's the hard truth. It's not. And I think... You know, as you ran that red light and you see the cherry lights behind you pulling over, what are you? What's going through your mind? Is it about you? Because as Christians, we are called to. As I, as I get up each morning, one of the things I tell myself now, and I've been doing this for about three years now, is this this truth about making a big deal out of God. Hmm. So that is my job today. Is I woke up this Saturday, this morning, uh, as we started our day, I want to make a big deal out of God. So when all this stuff is happening, society, culture, circumstances, situations, emotions are coming, you know, against us, and we're having a bad day. Is it about me or is it about God? And so that's kind of the check, the gut check. Um, I had an old sales manager used to say, Brian, you got to get a, a check up from the neck up and stop the stinking thinking. Mm-hmm. And that's so you got to stop the sti- all that negative thinking and all that. I'm having a bad day. I just got pulled over. You know, whatever's happening in your life, it's not about you. And we are so prideful. We're arrogant naturally as human beings. We're Flesh, selfish for sure. I didn't have to teach. I didn't have to teach you and Emily to say no, mine. Right? I had to teach you to share and to. And so naturally, we are tilted this way. So you have to stop and you have to realize what it's all about. And I think that's where you begin to change your attitude because you can stand that stinking thinking and have and, and have a bad day. Mm-hmm. And that's easy to do. Yeah. What's hard to do is to check that and say, no, 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 I'm not going to have a bad day because I'm, I'm a child of the king. I can tread upon serpents and scorpions and all the powers of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm me, Luke 12. Mm-hmm. James. I love the Gospel of James, one of my favorite books. And he talks about the tongue. The tongue cannot be controlled by anything but me. Mm-hmm. You, the person that has the tongue in their mouth. That tongue cannot move unless you move it. And so are you going to speak? What kind of words are you going to speak? How are you going to use your tongue? Well, control it. Control your attitude. And you will and all of a sudden you'll notice all of a sudden now you're soaring. Yeah. And I think for me personally is with the way you raise me, I'm pretty good at not letting what others think about me define me at this point. I'm kinda over it. Don't really care. I've had some stuff happen this week with me that's made me like, you know what? I really don't care. Like people are coming against me in the way I do things in my job. And it doesn't bother me. But what does bother me is when I 
I can get in my own head and I can beat the crap out of myself. Like mm. what you say isn't really going to affect me because I know what the truth of what God said about me. But then I'll let the lies of myself come at me because and this is where it gets kind of take some time on your own as you're hearing this. And I want you to kind of, after this podcast is over, set aside some time where you analyze your own life. Because what I found this past January actually was Jonathan Tackett as a 25 year old. Whenever something quote unquote bad happens or something negative is said about me, I, I don't really care what they said. But then I take what said and like, man, I'm not good enough. So then the 25 year old Jonathan Tackett goes to the 12 year old Jonathan Tackett in my, my mind who was, I found to be pathetic because like that was the one that got bullied. But then I talk to myself mentally and I pick on myself and I point fingers at myself. And so now in your own life, what version of you do you, do you beat up? And then what version of you do you blame your failures on? Because I think that's where the attitude then starts is your attitude reflects your altitude, but your attitude is also affected in the way you view yourself. And do you, do you actually have a, have a Christ-centered view of yourself? Do you say, God, give me your heart for me? God, give me your heart for me. Because if God loves you, do you love you? Do you accept you? Because I didn't accept that 12-year-old Jonathan Tackett that everybody bullied and called ugly and fat. And so then I do it to myself. Whenever I fail or make a mistake, I then go mentally in my mind and I point fingers at 12-year-old Jonathan saying, why are you, Why do you suck? Why aren't you better? Why are you weak? And it's like, holy cow. I'm beating up 12-year-old Jonathan Tackett and it's affecting 25-year-old Jonathan Tackett in my ministry and my job and everything else that I do because I am not loving myself well and I don't have a good enough attitude towards myself. Granted, I don't care what others think of me, but I, but I will beat myself up by staying in a rut of picking on and bullying 12-year-old Jonathan. So I want my listeners, Evan, here's this, and once this is over, take time, pause it, take time and set. What version of you do you not accept? What, what happened at what age in your life are you just still frustrated? Man, it was when I was 15, my parents got divorced and then I just felt like it was my fault. And so now you're 35 years old and you're parenting or you're in a career and yet you still point your finger at your 15 year old version saying, this is why I'm not good enough. This is what defines me. Or man, I was, I was 22 years old and I got a girl pregnant and we had an abortion or something, something, something big and defining in your life. And then that's where you're stuck. You're stuck in that version of yourself. And so now your attitude is now rooted out of that. Or man, I was 18 and I did this or I was 10 and this, and this happened to me. Something that's out of your own control. Something happened to you at a younger age that now you're letting that action that sin of somebody else define you and now you're 45 in a workplace but yet you're still mentally and bullying that 10 year old self who's that wasn't your choice but it happened to you and now how is that affecting your attitude now that's that's loaded but i want wow. my listeners to set and think on that where they're at mentally what's their attitude towards themselves and then while you're sitting there pray god give me your heart for me. Help me love myself the way you love me because that's going to change your attitude and that's going to change how you react towards certain things because now there is nobody to blame. And since there's nobody to blame, you only get to go to God. And then when you only get to go to God, you see the purpose behind things because every single day is written in his, in his book before you lived one of them. Even getting pulled over by a cop, that doesn't surprise God. He's in the midst of it. 
And so when there's nobody to blame, and I can no longer blame 12-year-old Jonathan, all I, could, all I get to do is go to God and say, well, it's, all right, God, give me peace. Well, does, does God love you? Absolutely. Does God condemn you? 100% not. Well, there you go. That's it. So if you're condemning yourself and you're not loving yourself, then what are you saying about God? That his grace, what, his sacrifice wasn't enough. Yeah. What we're saying is God condemns me and God doesn't love me. That's what we're saying. Now, I don't know if your listeners will grasp this, and they're probably, and they may say that perhaps that is overspoken. And if we would debate that with a group of people and argue that, I might could possibly lose that argument maybe, but it's still the truth because the Bible tells us this. I've been, I've been back reading through the Old Testament again. And I've been in the I'm currently in the book of Judges and there was and I can't think of the passage. So and I tell people, don't bring up the scripture unless you can, you know, unless you can identify it. So I'm just going to say in general, if you read through Judges, you'll find this to be true. What God was telling them is if you do not, if if um, you if you condemn yourself or you you get hard on yourself, just like what you're saying. What you're what you're saying is is God does not love you and God condemns you, and we know that that's not true. God loves us no matter what. He never condemns us. So we got to stop doing that to ourselves. And that spoke to me deeply, Jonathan. Um, I don't know about being bullied at school because I would just beat him up. I was very violent. And I would get sent home from school all the time. My first three years of school, I was at home mostly. Um, the principal would just call my mom and she'd have to come and get me. But I was bullied by my family, my two brothers, my dad, um, and my cousins, you know, my family. Because I was the big roly-poly kid and I had the big mouth and I was loud and obnoxious to a degree. And so I was... Um, made made fun of, wink, wink, laugh, laugh. We're kidding, we're kidding, Brian. We, you know, we love you, Brian. We're just kidding. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you said that about that, and I thought, man, you're, you know, you're bullying yourself now. You're now you are the bully because you're bullying yourself at your younger self. Mm-hmm. And so that's another whole podcast about iniquities and overcoming um, wounds from the past and and getting healing over that. And I went through healing. Um, mm-hmm. As a, as a young adult, and I still struggle sometimes with that issue. And so for me, what I do practically is I just have to set, and one thing I love is memorizing Scripture. Absolutely. And my mind, unfortunately, is not what it used to be. So I actually, I'm holding up my phone to my son. I have Scriptures that I keep on my screensaver. I got five Scriptures that I keep on my screensaver that are my go-to Scriptures. Mm-hmm. And I'll just stop and I'll pull it up. It's right on my screensaver, so it's easy, and I'll read them to myself. Yeah, and kind of preach to myself, if you will. And so, whatever you have to do to get the truth, because the truth is God loves you; He does not condemn you. So you have to love yourself, and you can't condemn yourself, because now you're saying God ain't good enough. Mm-hmm. Is ultimately what you're saying. And so that's a great way to check your attitude. And then once you find that you can do that, all of a sudden. Your environment changes. Absolutely. All of a sudden, your circumstances changes. All of a sudden, you're feeling better. All of a sudden, you're soaring like an eagle and touching the sky. Per- perspective of mm-hmm. the world starts in the mind. 
because the, what you're thinking is going to absolutely affect what you're seeing. And so whenever you change your thought patterns, you're going to you're going to change what's in front of you. And a lot of that starts with memorizing scripture and getting that written on your heart, having the word written on your heart. And I love saying this and it's load the clip and spray the script. Like when Satan's coming at you with lies, pull out your spiritual gun. You got a few bullets in there, have a few good scriptures. So when he comes at you, your clips load with scriptures, you can spray it on him. Just pow, 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 shoot him down because you got the word of God written in your heart. And so when those lies come up, your clips load with scriptures. And so you're spraying them now. And that's, that's the first step is having, having the word written on your heart, on your mind. If Jesus was crucified on Golgotha and his, which is the skull, his blood ran over the skull to redeem all of man. That's how you're going to redeem your thoughts is having his truth, which is John 1, 1, the beginning of the word, the word was God, the word was God. So if you, if you want God to redeem your thoughts, you need to have the word constantly brewing and on your mind, on your mind, like Psalm 1 says, meditating on it day and night. That's good. And, and that's, that's, and that's one of my scriptures. Yeah. Joshua 1.8, I got it. That's one of them on my screensaver. Mm-hmm. Joshua 1.8, that's a good one. And and Joshua 1.8, 9. Actually, you got to throw 9 in there, but mm-hmm. Joshua 1.8. And so having that written on your mind, that's going to change the attitude. And that attitude then reflects your altitude because now that attitude is rooted in God is good. Hello. God has a plan. God's, God's king and Lord of my life. It's not me. It's not my action. It's not my plan. It's God's plan. Even though my plan and God's plan might not line up, God's plan is going to come through. So you better change your attitude and get on board with it or else you're going to be a, a homeboy in a whale. Like, do you want to be in a whale because you don't want to go to Nineveh? Because that's what happens when your attitude's crappy. Because <laughs> God's, God's plan is what's going to flourish. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I don't want to be like Jonah. Don't want to be Jonah. Come on. So so get on board with what God's plan is. And it might not be your plan, but that's when the attitude and perspective of Christ and his plan going over your mind. Because when that is and you surrender to that, it's going to be all right. I want to be Peter for that first for that first two minutes. Dude. Now, after the after the first two minutes, don't want to be Peter. But those first two minutes, Peter was cool. I'm telling you, bro. Stepping I, out of the boat. Peter, my man, like, let me tell you. If, I'm, if I want to be like anybody in the word, if I were to sit down and get coffee with anybody... I, I, I'm picking Peter. Me too. Because homie cut an ear off in the name of Christ Jesus. That's pretty bad to the bone. If that ain't love, I don't know what is, man. He has your back. <laughs> then, he, then he turned around around then the, two days later and den- denied him three times. But then uh, even so on he's that. he's real, I mean. Because that's what we do. We're like, man, yeah. I love Jesus. I'm pursuing Jesus. And then you leave church and then someone cuts you off and you cuss him out. And then you go home and yell at your wife. But. You just, an hour ago, you were just saying, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, but then we, we're, we're Peter. But we will go beat the crap out of Peter, said, Peter, psh, how are you taking your eyes off God? That's pathetic. You're weak. I wouldn't have done that. You do that every single day. We are Peter because, man, we're, we're love Jesus, we love Jesus, we love Jesus, but then we deny him whenever our flesh re- rolls up and re- re- rears up. And we're like, you know what? Sure. I'll go ahead and go out and get drunk. Okay. I'll go ahead and fall into porn. Okay. I'll just go ahead and mentally cheat on my wife because whatever. I'm in the gym. Mm. So boy, now you're hurting feelings, but we, we do that. And I know this, this, this is all about attitude, but then I kind of got on that and I apologize. But at the same point, how often are we Peter? Because Uh, I love Jesus, but then I'll deny him whenever my flesh rears up and I'll fall into that sin. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe uh, this will help. Uh, as you were talking earlier, uh, before we got on the Peter, but then that that was a perfect segue. 
because I think Peter is someone that we can emulate because he's so real in our yeah, lives. Absolutely. And we're all got Peter in us. But earlier on, something that came up is forgiveness. Mm. As you were talking, I felt the Holy Spirit say forgiveness. And so I want to talk to the dads just for a moment. I'm a dad. And so I want to talk to the dads. One of the things that I recall about my son, I don't know how old he was. He was young. Um, And we would have to go get water at the water still down the street. You remember those old jugs you used to have before we got water filters in the house and we'd go and fill them up? Well, I went from the gallon jugs because we got four instead of it was just my wife and I had the gallon jugs but then with two two kids that went up through though fast so I went and got the big five gallon I had three five gallon jugs and we filled them up take them home about every four days and I would carry them in the house and Jonathan would go with me because he liked filling them up well one day he said dad I think I'm old enough I can carry one now I was like well I don't know son you better let me carry him no 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 please please and I said okay so he reached into the back seat, grabbed the jug with both hands, you know, big old, and like I said, he was little. So that jug was about as tall as he was, almost. And sure enough, the thing that I was worried that would happen, happened. As he turned to walk up the driveway, he dropped it, and it just exploded. That, that jug flew into different pieces, water went flying everywhere, and I flew off the handle. I started yelling at him. I come around the side of that car yelling the whole way. And as I got around to the other side of the car and I walked towards him, I saw him there and I literally almost fell dead right where I stood as I looked at his eyes and I saw what I had done to him. Oh my gosh. Men, you would not believe what I just went through. Immediately, I got down on my knees right there with him because he could see me and got eye to eye with him. And I said, son, I am so sorry. Please forgive me for yelling at you. I grabbed him, I hugged him. He forgave me. And there's something very powerful about that that I want to share with you fathers. You need to, number one, you need to forgive yourself. Number two, you need to allow God to forgive you. Because if you haven't forgiven yourself, then what you're saying is, again, what I said earlier, it's so true about condemnation. You're saying God hasn't forgiven you. Because if God, the almighty God, the perfect, all-living God can forgive you, why can't you forgive yourself? So if you can't forgive yourself, then you're saying God can't forgive you. So that's a problem. And number three, you men, and I'm talking to the older men that might have adult sons now. You got to go to your son, and you got to ask for forgiveness for that very thing. And, you're, and you know what, what it is, because right now the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. You know what it is. That thing that happened... And you just let it go and you didn't ever make it right with him. You need to go and ask for forgiveness right now. I don't care if, he's, if your son's 40 years old or it doesn't matter. Or if he's 12. Make it right. Forgiveness is a very powerful thing when it comes to, to uh, flushing out um, our attitude and having a correct attitude towards ourselves, towards others, and towards God. It starts with forgiveness. It's an attitude of unity mindset of unity and you're doing that not because any any other reason but to glorify god and become unity in mm. right there be together in this that's what christ wants us to be more like him and then together linking arms in the battle and i think that's a powerful story to share and it's super awesome that you get you can share that and hopefully that encourages listeners to man it's never too late to go and seek forgiveness never too late well don't let your emotions drive you 
That too. And I I, heard, I listened to y'all's podcast on that on that. That that was a powerful pause. You need to go back and listen to that one on. Um, it was. Uh, yeah. Well, I forgot the title of it, but you guys were talking about emotion. <laughs> no, it's about emotions. You're all oh, yeah, podcasts yeah. on emotions mm-hmm. because that's the Christian that is praising the Lord at church on Sunday and then he's beating his wife on Monday. Mm-hmm. It's he, He's an emotional Christian. Be careful. Don't let those emotions get you, but be volitional. That's why the emotion of my anger towards Jonathan when he dropped the water, I couldn't allow that anger, that emotion to control me. I had to, I had to just, I had to humble myself and, and, and do the right thing. So be, be volitional about your actions. Mm-hmm. So with that, Attitude flex your altitude, and it's all a mindset, and it's all going to change your perspective. And knowing that there's things in your past that that could be still affecting your attitude today because it's affecting your mindset towards yourself. So analyze your life, set in prayer, analyze it, and see what what age of you, what past of you are you still pointing fingers at and blaming things on, and that's going to affect your attitude. And it might have been a bad five minutes, but it doesn't mean you have to make it a bad five hours or the whole day. Be surrendered to Christ. Have your mind constantly thinking upon the words of God because through that, it can redeem your mind, redeem your thoughts, redeem your life. Be standing firm on the word of God, the strong foundation. Nothing else can satisfy. Nothing else can fulfill you. With that, hope that encouraged you, built you up, and equipped you to walk out the truth of God. Hey, son. Yes, sir. Attitude. Reflects altitude. Amen. Come on. Later, later.